You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, I'm Teresa McKee, your host for A Mindful Moment. Thank you for joining me as we explore ways to increase mindfulness in our day-to-day experiences. Mindfulness is presence, awareness. It's paying attention to what's happening within us and around us. Mindfulness increases our emotional, physical, and mental well-being. It can also enhance our focus and productivity, and there are many health benefits from practicing mindfulness and meditation, from lowering blood pressure to increased longevity. Perhaps most importantly in today's chaotic world, mindfulness strengthens our ability to be more compassionate to ourselves as well as others. Miriam Shulman is an artist and founder of The Inspiration Place, where she helps other artists learn how to profit from their passion or become better artists. The Inspiration Place podcast is in the top 1% of all podcasts and is listened to in over 100 countries. She's helped thousands of artists around the world develop their skill sets and create more time and freedom to do what they love. Her art and story have been featured in major publications, including Forbes, The New York Times, Art of Man, Art Journaling Magazine, and What Women Create, as well as on NBC's Parenthood and the Amazon series Hunters with Al Pacino. Her new book, Artpreneur, The Step-by-Step Guide to Making a Sustainable Living from Your Creativity, is available now. Welcome, Miriam. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so glad to have this opportunity. So I know you abandoned a lucrative career in hedge funds to become an artist. And I was wondering if you can share a little bit of your story with our listeners. I'm going to give it like a a three sentence version. So (laughs) I, I always wanted to be an artist and I was told as many creatives are, you can't make a living that way. And I chose to believe them. And I was not in a position where I could afford not to be financially independent. My father had passed away when I was very young. I had loans to pay back. So when I left college and grad school, I went to Wall Street because apparently that's where all the money is made. And I was there in 93 during the first bombing of the World Trade Center. And everyone had gone back to work. I was like, what is going on here? They're just working through it. So when 9-11 happened, I, I knew that that was a culture where people keep working, even when there's a terrorist attack. And that is why after the first plane hit the towers, you recall that people did not evacuate the nearby buildings because they were working. That was the culture that I had left, and I did not want to return it at all. So I made a decision on 9-11. I was not going to go back to Wall Street. 
I was going to do something different with my life. And in the beginning, I wasn't, I still wasn't convinced I could make a full-time living from my art. So I was painting on the side, I was selling portraits, and I took a job as a Pilates instructor where the gym taught me skills for selling personal training packages. And that's when I had my aha moment and said, okay, I can use those skills for selling my art. But what an experience though. And it's really true. I mean, it's shocking to think about that, that no matter what happens, we just keep working. (laughs) So I'm glad you're glad you're out spreading that there is a different story about the way we can live. I think the pandemic has had a major life-changing impact on millions of people and has similarly prompted many to rethink their careers. So your book is full of information on how to start your own business or pursue a career in the arts. I'd like to start with what you mean by embracing your inner weirdo to fulfill our destiny as an artist or entrepreneur. I love this. I love that you asked that question. And it's a lot of the host's favorite part of the book. So one of the things that is very important for making it, whether you're an artist, a business, you you do sneakers, it doesn't matter what you do, a life coach, is to lean into that, your signature style and your messaging in the way that only you can. So in that chapter, I provide, I think it's nine steps for, for getting to that place. But some of the common missteps that people make, especially when they're starting out, is they look around and they look to see what's most popular and they try to do that. Or they're worried about offending people. So they're people pleasing in their business and nobody really knows what they stand for or what's different about them. So they're people pleasing with their art. They're people pleasing with their message. They're people pleasing with their values instead of really leaning into who they really are. And it's true in all business. So I'm not quite sure if it's especially true in art, but when people want art, they want to know your point of view. They want to, they want a piece of that artist and they want to, They want to connect with that human being behind it. What do you think prevents most people from taking that first step from employee to entrepreneur or artist? That's a great question. So throughout Artpreneur, I talk about not just strategies for building your business, but also building that confident mindset. Because the number one thing that holds people back is fear of the unknown. And we are programmed this way. It's not because there's any, if you're that way, it's not because there's any failing in you. Human beings have evolved for survival, not goal achievement. So whenever we feel uncomfortable or afraid, our brain is not distinguishing the difference between leaving a cave and getting eaten by a tiger or leaving a job that you're perceiving as safe and you think that it's not going to work out. So Anytime that your brain senses danger, it will provide all the reasons why this is a terrible idea. And the smarter you are, the more creative you are, the better you're going to be. You're going to be at coming up with these stories about why doing the uncomfortable thing is a bad idea. But what we forget to tell ourselves is that staying in that cave, there's risks too, because there's snakes in the cave. 
So you don't always want to stay in the cave. It's not always so safe there. And that's what happened during the past few years with the pandemic. That's what happened to me with 9-11 is that there's nothing like a crisis that's going to lift a veil over what's not working with your present situation. And that can create courage for many people. So that is why we experience over the last few years, millions of people walking away from their job and economists are now calling it the great resignation. Yeah, and it's so true. We tend to not really change unless whatever we're dealing with is worse than change, right? (laughs) (laughs) As you alluded to earlier, we have a long history of sort of directing our children not to pursue a career in the arts because they can't make a living at it. And so I'm wondering, do you think that's changing now? No, absolutely it isn't. So my daughter is a cellist. She's a middle right now. She's fully employed as a middle school orchestra teacher. She's 25 years old. And when I was in when she was in high school and I was, you know, you chat with other parents and I say how she's going to music school, a lot of people said you should talk her out of it. It's a bad time. I can tell you that she probably makes more money than most of the other kids who graduated with her who, you know, she pursued what she wanted to pursue. So why would pursuing music be worse than than studying comparative literature at Middlebury College? I mean, that so there is this great misconception that it's not viable. If your child wants to pursue creative, at least let them study it so they can have the skills they need to succeed in a career at it. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think in addition to that, and again, I don't know what the answer is, but do you think any of the barriers have changed that prevent people from getting into or or thriving in this field? Well, in terms of, so just looking with my daughter with music, the barriers of entry are very high, which is why it made us actually a safe choice for her. Like you can't just graduate, like I said, somebody who plays part-time in an orchestra in college and say, okay, I want to be a middle school orchestra teacher. You need to reach a certain level, go to conservatory. And certainly there are people who do midlife careers, but it's a lot harder if you haven't had the long history of of building towards it. Now, in terms of the visual arts and the fine arts, it's much easier to make a living now than it had been 20 years ago, 30 years ago, because the gatekeepers have changed. We don't have as many gatekeepers. And that's also true with writing. People can self-publish a book. Like if you look at Mel Robbins, her first book was self-published. So I, I think her most recent one was traditionally published, but her first book that launched her career was a self-published book. So there is space for people to self-publish, to be a self-representing artist, to do these things without the gatekeepers. I definitely can resonate with the writing part because I know when I started out years ago, it was almost impossible. And now it's like, oh, anybody can. It's great. Because this is a program about mindfulness, I have to ask, do you think mindfulness plays a role in tapping into our creativity? Your mindset and your mindfulness is the most important skill that you can develop. So when I wrote the book, there's one thing I didn't really address, but I've been getting asked it a lot in in these interviews. It's like, well, what about talent? And the thing is, is that your mindset and your marketing are going to trump talent every time. And you're not going to be a good marketer if you don't have a good mindset. So it all comes down to your mindset, your mindfulness, be mindful of your thoughts, all those things. It's going to come down to that. And the proof of that is everywhere because we all have seen less talented people in every field rise to the top. And you wonder, what's what has she got? She's got a good mindset. 
And we've all seen people who are very talented who flounder. And what's the problem? It's not their talent. It's because of the way they manage their mind. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think a lot of people underestimate that little voice in our heads, right? They just listen to it instead of understanding they can shift what they're thinking or how they're thinking. So I guess I'd have to ask just in general, if you can describe how your book can help listeners who are really considering becoming either their own bosses or breaking out into a more artistic endeavor, how does the book work? So it's laid out with a very clear structure to it. So I've dedicated, there's a five-part plan that all business people, solopreneurs, artists need to follow. And it's production plan, pricing plan, prospecting plan, promotion plan, and productivity plan. And then mindset is laced through in there. So, And I have a chapter dedicated to each of those things. So I'm giving you very actionable strategies throughout the book. In addition, uh, and I know you're going to love this, Teresa, I give people mindset check-ins and I let them know what are the most common um, thought errors or thought distortions that may be coming up for you during each time to help them reframe their mindset. So it is a business book, but it's also a personal development book in disguise. And I think that building a small business is probably the best personal development work you could do. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. <laughs> and it really is. If you're going to be successful, you really have to overcome what's going on in your mind get it you know shifted and even change the neuropathy through practices like meditation so that you're not always focusing on the fear or the negativity because it's an unknown right it's uncertainty when you start and what gets you through is your is your state of mind i think i think that's really the key so yeah i agree there's one thing that artpreneur does that's very different from other self-development books and other business books. And so I call it the belief triad. So there's the mindset that you have about yourself, the mindset you have about what you're doing, but also the mindfulness of your buyer, of your customer and understanding what's going through their mind. I call it loving your buyer. So there's one section, Teresa, where I give them an overcoming objections chart. And the main purpose of that is not to get a yes at any cost. It's to have compassion for what your buyer is thinking. So important. I think it's underestimated in communicating the importance of that compassion or empathy for others with anything you're doing, whether it's just having a conversation or trying to sell something or anything. So I appreciate that. I know you have a podcast, a very popular podcast. What's the inspiration place focused on? So the inspiration place is mindset and marketing, primarily for creatives, but I do have friends who who wouldn't consider themselves artists who listen, because what I do is I will bring people in who are mindset experts in other fields, marketing experts in other fields, and I translate what they're saying to make it applicable to people in the creative arts, because before my podcast, I used to get frustrated listening to podcasts that were geared towards weight loss coaches. You know, that's the only thing they could think of for their examples. And I felt very left out of the conversation. You know, I think in some ways this is similar to the field that I'm in, but I think there's a, a myth that if you're creative or you're working on something that's to, you know, I don't know, improve the greater good, then you're not supposed to make a lot of money. Would you agree with that? No. 
No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Art gives our world meaning and people value art and and the world needs our art more than ever right now. People are looking for meaning in their life with the, with the pandemic. It's been an existential crisis and people are craving art. I find myself reading poetry more. So the world needs art. I think it is shifting now. I think now it's more common that people can make a living at it than maybe, you know, 30 years ago. And I agree with you that people are seeking meaning and they're starting to figure out maybe we can't just get it from devices or social media. Like there's there's more depth that we really need in our lives in order to better process life itself. So wonderful. Where can our listeners find more information about all of your work? Okay. Well, if you like what you heard today, the easiest way is wherever you're listening to Teresa's podcast, just search for The Inspiration Place. You'll find me over there. And if you want chapter one of my book, it's called Choose to Believe. It's absolutely free. Go to shulmanart.com forward slash believe. And Shulman is spelled like school, S-C-H-U-L-M-A-N-A-R-T. Wonderful. Well, I so appreciate you joining us today and the great information for anyone who's feeling stuck or not sure how to get started in a profitable career in the arts or entrepreneurship. And it's been a real pleasure meeting you. Me as well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Until next time, I encourage you to meditate daily and be mindful in all of your everyday activities. Simply bring your full awareness to the present moment to build your mindfulness skills, paying attention to every detail of what you're doing, from washing dishes to work tasks to taking a walk. Your mind will wander, and that's normal. Each time you notice it has wandered, that's mindfulness. Consider how wonderful the world could be if everyone was mindful. You can help make that happen. It all starts with a mindful moment. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other great shows like the Daily Meditation Podcast, Everything Everywhere, and Movie Therapy. We deeply appreciate your support at patreon.com slash a mindful moment. Please be sure to subscribe to A Mindful Moment and follow us on Instagram at A Mindful Moment Podcast. Visit our website, amindfulmoment.com, to access podcasts, scripts, and book recommendations. A Mindful Moment is written and hosted by Teresa McKee and or Melissa Sims. The Spanish version is translated and hosted by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll by Josh Kirsch, MediaWrite Productions. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions, 